Welcome to The Way Home with Laura Smith, the show that brings you wonderful guests, helpful advice, and uplifting stories. The Way Home, live inspired. Here's your host, Laura Smith. I think one of my all-time favorite topics in the world has to be the topic of angels, because I've always believed that they are with us, around us, taking care of us, and guiding us, leading the way. And today, I have somebody who has experience with angels more than anyone that I've ever heard of in my life. Her name is Lorna Byrne. She is an Irish woman, and her book, Angels in My Hair, um, is actually being sort of republished after 15 years because she's added uh, an extra chapter to it. Angels in My Hair, the true story of a modern-day Irish mystic, is the work of Lorna Byrne, and she talks about how she not only could hear angels, but she could see them from the time she was an infant, which she still recalls, if you can imagine. And her entire life, she was labeled as someone who was autistic as a child because they didn't understand why she didn't speak much, but was always looking around. And, well, now as an adult who is uh, fully actualized with grown children of her own and such, she's been able to write down her experiences in the book, Angels in My Hair. And truly, she was seeing angels her entire life, seeing them and getting messages from them. And she talks about her whole experience in this book. And she has such a beautiful way of uh, really teaching about who and what they are and what they do for us. So looking forward to having Lorna on today. And it's all brought to you by our angels over at balanceofnature.com. When I say angels, I mean Dr. Douglas Howard, who founded Balance of Nature. He didn't make the fruits and vegetables. No, those were those were God thing. But he did find out a way to put together 31 different ones into capsules that you take every day to give you 10 servings of fruits and vegetables, which your body needs, which your body truly needs. In fact, Lorna talks about in her book that um, she was very sickly as a child because they were very poor um, when she grew up in her family in Ireland. And the doctor, the physician said, it's your daughter gets no fruits and vegetables. And so therefore she has all these issues. And it is true. That's the way God made it. We need fruits and vegetables in order to be healthy every single day. And balance of nature is the only way I know to get the right amount and the right variety into our system. It's it's a miracle within itself. I'm so grateful for the product. And so are millions of people. There have been over half a billion servings of fruits and vegetables through balance of nature since uh, their inception about 20 years ago. You can find out all about Balance of Nature and the beautiful nutrition that it gives you naturally for your body and gives you results by going to balanceofnature.com, balanceofnature.com. And when you go, put Laura into the promo code. That's my name, L-A-U-R-A. And that way you're going to get 35% off your first preferred order and free shipping always. When we come back, you're going to hear all about the angels with Lorna Byrne, Angels in My Hair, the true story of a modern day Irish mystic. Don't go away. It's the way home. Welcome back. You're listening to The Way Home with Laura Smith. Here's Laura. 
I think of all my topics in the world that I enjoy thinking about and learning about and listening to about. It is that of the angels. I collect angels. They're all over my house um, in different forms. I have car- wooden carved angels. I have beautiful ceramic angels. I have pictures of angels. I don't know why, but since I was a young girl, I, I just loved the idea of angels. And indeed, I lean on them all the time, speak to them all the time, but I don't necessarily see angels. But I have someone here who does. And not only does she see them, but she has the most extraordinary gift that she has been sharing with the world. With eight books already, Lorna Byrne um, has a bestseller that is in 30 languages in 50 countries. And it has just been updated most recently. And it's in the UK at the moment, soon to be released um, to a larger audience. But Lorna Byrne's Angels in My Hair, the true story of a modern day Irish mystic. Thank you so much for joining me today. I can't wait for this conversation. It's truly something in my, in my heart I've been waiting for probably my whole life. Well, I have to say thank you very much for having me on your show and to to talk with you. So I'm all excited about that as well. Well, if you can hear from Lorna's beautiful voice, she comes from Ireland, a place I've always wanted to go, but have not yet been there, despite having an Irish grandmother. So, uh, Lorna, thank you for, you know, we have a time difference, of course, but it's it's great to have you here. And I know that so many people will be loving hearing the the beautiful brogue, as, as we call it here. And um, thank you for that. So Angels in My Hair was something that was written 15 years ago, correct? Yeah, it, it was 15 years ago. And I, I suppose, you know, when, you know, God and the angels were saying to me all my life since the moment I was a little child that, um, you know, I would write one day. I could never figure it out as I grew because I'm severely dyslexic. Um, I can't read, so there's no point handing me a book and saying, Lorna, read this for me. Um, and I, I could never figure out how that could ever, ever happen. I actually thought God was crazy, never mind the angels, to suggest such a such a thing. Um, but it did all happen. And, and I suppose that is the most incredible miracle of all, how... How God can change your life in so many positive ways as well. And I suppose for me, I just go down the road, you know, and as an infant, just lying in the cot and not even knowing they were angels. You know, I, I always thought they were part of the family, you know, and trying to reach up and touch them and everything like that. And and then even when I grew a little bit more and eventually was walking um, you know, and I, I suppose I was a, a slow talker. My mom had told me I didn't start to talk till I was about two and a half and that they had been very concerned and worried about me. They thought something was wrong. And of course, something was wrong. I was severely dyslexic. But I was all the time talking and communicating with the angels. Mm-hmm. I had no, no problem in, in that in that way. But they were always telling me to keep it a secret. And it was one particular day, not quite sure what age I was. I know I must have been more than two and a half. So maybe I was three, maybe I was a little bit older. And I was playing in front of the fire with my brother, who was older than me. He was 
thinking of it, I'd say he would have been maybe five or more. And it was when we were playing with little wooden blocks my dad had made, made for me, and our hands touched. And of course, the blocks all fell. But when our hands touched, it was like, how can I describe this? Like sparks went everywhere. It was like his hand went into mine or mine went into his. And I just felt so much love. And it was then the angels told me that he was my brother, but he had died before I was born. Mm-hmm. And and you can still remember this from three, oh, age three gosh. years old. Yeah, I, I can still see him, you know, playing with me. But, you know, at times I would have seen him and as a tiny infant in my mom's arms when she'd be asleep in the chair in front of the fire. And of course, you know, being so young, you never ask, how can you be that age and that age? You know, it was just normal and natural. But having mm-hmm. the angels all the time reminding me to keep it a secret, to tell nobody. That's I you wrote that um, at the beginning of your book. And, and it Indeed, when you say you were a baby in a bassinet and you remember seeing angels and these lights from even that point as a baby, something remarkable, it's obvious that and that you have a recollection of that um, is so unusual. And um, it almost feels to me as though this being dyslexic wasn't affecting that. It was the, the fact that you were constantly able to see between both worlds that that was maybe the thing that caused you not to be able to read in a, in a traditional way, but you were constantly seeing these, these figures and these beautiful lights around people and even indeed hearing them speak to you. So this is obviously something that, like I said in, in the opening, I said, I've always believed in angels. I've always known they were there. I feel well, even just saying the word, they, I feel a great sense of comfort, but I've never been able to see them. So this must be something that was, was it assigned to you? Because not many people have this gift. Do you know anyone else that has this gift that um, you have? I, I, don't, I don't know anyone else. I, I know people would often say to me they can see angels, and then later on they tell me, differently they tell me they imagine them or they can visualize them in their mind or or in a meditation or or during prayer but not physically i know if if i was in the same room with you um i would see your guardian angel you know and maybe other angels and, and and maybe even the soul of a loved one that might just be fleeting by in that in that way um i know you said they're like you know being dyslexic dyslexic meant I could read in a different way and I never thought of it that way you know but to me being dyslexic and being considered retarded you know in Ireland at that time um, stopped really me from being contaminated by the world you know being programmed by the world that what's real and what's not real Um. I, I just see angels every day and I, I thank God for that, even though many a time I would have said to God and the angels, you know, this is not going to work. There's no way because even when my children were teenagers, I was still learning how to write my name. Wow. That's how bad 
it has been. I was still learning and and my son would, both my sons would write letters to the school for me. It wouldn't be in my handwriting. They would write them. And yet you you had this deep wisdom and, and knowledge of words and things. There's one instance in the book where the teacher was going to give some money to the anyone in the classroom who could figure out what this particular word, I guess it was in Gaelic or something. And, yeah. and no, not one of the students knew it, but you knew it. And yet you had never been able to read a book or anything. So how would you know that? Were we, do you think that your knowledge is almost downloaded to you from the angels? How is it that you have, have this infinite wisdom and knowledge of things, even though you're not able to, to read and write? I, I love that question and hear him saying, God, I'm asking the angels that are here in the room with me, how am I going to explain that? Um, so I have to smile. And, and I know you're using the da- download as, as such. And part of it may be in that way, because that's the way humanly people understand, you know, but the angels are always talking to me. They have always been giving me knowledge all of the time. And you know, sometimes when someone is maybe highly educated and they're asking a question that they assume I would not have the answer for or be able to answer or understand because I don't have a human education um, and then I answer it, I know they kind of take a breath and sit back in that in that way. But I have been educated differently. I've been ed- educated by the angels Yes. You know, so I even see the world differently. And um, sometimes I kind find it confusing why human beings could think the way they do. You know, so I'm I'm coming from maybe I'm between both worlds, but in one sense it's like I'm more in the other than than in this one at, at times. So at times I find it very difficult in that in that way. And um, so maybe saying download make some sense to some some people but i wouldn't say download in no. the way you're saying you know right it, it's it, well it's something that you 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 see spontaneously without any it's not as though you have to ask for okay can you show yourselves to me now angels yeah it, it just it's there all the time right Yes, it's it's there all all of the time. And you have to remember, the angels have been teaching me since I was an infant. I'm still at school, by the way. You know, I still don't know everything. I'm still learning. And, And I suppose that's one thing that humanly people find hard to understand, because as human adults, we believe we have learned everything, you know, whatever you're studying. But I can assure you, you haven't. Like there's so much more to to know, and um, as I to say, you know what you might believe is impossible is possible because that's what one scientist said said to me, um, and I love when a scientist says something like that or someone highly educated, you know, in the human world. But mm-hmm. I do believe we are all spiritually educated. You know, we just have to open our minds a little bit more open ourselves a little bit more and the greatest gifts we all yearn for and that's love and that's hope and that's peace and that's compassion. I always say you can't buy them. 
they're not for sale. Mm-hmm. But you have them all. And we all have them all. And it's it's interesting to me that we do all have them, and we all have these beautiful angels surrounding us, as you wrote in your book. My guest is Lorna Byrne, and she's written many books. Um, but Angels in My Hair is being uh, sort of put back out there again with some extra addendum at the end of the book. Angels in My Hair, the true story of a modern-day Irish mystic. And her story is just so incredible when when you read it. It's, it. It feels almost unbelievable, but you know it's not. And when when you're seeing all these angels and other people are not, there's a lot of people who just wouldn't even have a language for it or even desire to know it. And other people like me who truly believe in it, but I don't see them as you do. What is the purpose and, and how is it that that not everybody has feels like they have access to these wonderful guardians that are around them all the time. And do you think that if they knew that, that would change the course of their life or maybe protect them more um, when if something bad were about to happen? It, do they need to be acknowledged in order to be present? Um, I, I love the question. It's a huge question. Again, it's it's a fantastic one. I always find, like, since Angels in My Hair was published, people all over the world have read it. But a huge amount of people, men, women, and even children, that knew nothing about angels, literally nothing, um, have read it. And and they would come and tell me it changed their life. I'm still receiving that today. Um, I would often, you know, get a message or a letter from someone and they would be saying, you know, you saved my life. Now, it's not me that saved their life. It is. It was in the sense of suddenly being aware and knowing that they have a guardian angel and the huge difference that that made to them because your guardian angel loves you unconditionally no matter what and is the gatekeeper of your soul. Um, I always remember one young boy saying to me, I... I'm so glad that mom got the book Angels in My Hair and my sister and I read it, you know, because he lost a sister Mm. a few years later. And he just said, I'm so happy to know that my sister's guardian angel just took her soul straight to heaven. That gave that young boy so much comfort, you know, and and that's what it's it's about to be aware of your guardian angel to know it's there and that it does help you in many, many ways and it gives you guidance, but that it loves you unconditionally. It's like a, another child, you know, said to me, and again, this this was a child, I think she was only seven or something like that. And she was telling her mom all the time, you know, daddy wasn't alone. And again, this is another tragedy story, but she dragged her mom in to see me, you know, and she wasn't even Catholic. Now, it, most of the people aren't Catholic that would, would come as well. Sometimes the audience might be filled with only six nuns or, you know, a small a small group. And and she dragged her mom into a book signing and, and said, no, mom, I told you daddy, daddy wasn't alone. His guardian angel was right there with him. You know, and again, that gave so much comfort to the mom when she realized her daughter was telling her the truth 
Mm-hmm. You know, and that daddy wasn't alone. And and you hear so many sad stories like that, but you hear so many incredible stories, wonderful stories that brought joy, you know, um, that, 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 that they could get through something because they believed that their guardian angel was right there and going to help them. And I can do this and I can do it to the best of my ability. And I can be happy if I want. You know, mm-hmm. you hear so many positive stories of, you know, I remember a young a young man saying, you know, my mom brought home your book to me and I read it, you know, after a big fight with her, of course, you know, um, I don't want to read anything about angels, angel, what's all that about? And, you know, and he telling you he read it and it gave him so much courage to get up and and fight and walk again. You know, you know, or or to, you know, pass an exam or, you know, I heard from so many college students that said, you know, well, Lorna, if you could do it and you're dyslexic and you still can't even read, then we can do it. Mm, You know, we can get and pass our exams. You know, we can achieve the things we want to ourselves. And, And that's that's what. I suppose the angels and God is trying to give us back hope again in ourselves, belief again in ourselves and joy because we, we have to be full of joy. We, we can't be thinking of just all the sad things and many sad things are happening in the world, but we've got to bring that light of hope in. And it's mm-hmm. like that child smile or, or that little kitten or dog, you know, licking somebody's face. You know, we've got to see the the good things. We can't keep on seeing the negative and the bad. That's right. I remember one time I was with my daughter. She was two years old at the time, and we were sleeping, and all of a sudden she wakes me up, Mommy, 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 and, and I said, what? And she said, look, do you, look, do you see him? And I said, who? It was pitch black in the bedroom, and 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 I said, who? She goes, over there, it's the angel playing the banjo. And I said, oh, I didn't see it, of course, but she was so clearly seeing an angel with a banjo. So I just went along and I said, oh, really? What's he? T- tell me about it. Oh, well, he's playing a banjo and and he's got see, he's got that light all over him. And she was two. And she was speaking in full sentences and telling me that, well, my my grandfather played a banjo and i don't know if 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 it was him you know coming to her and just comforting her in the middle of the night i i'm not sure but it was a comfort and it didn't scare me at all and it just made me happy for her that whatever that that sort of veil is or mystical veil that's you know in front of us sometimes sometimes children are are much more receptive to it and they they don't block it out and i never wanted to be the one to say oh no you're just making that up i totally went along with it and i and to this day i believe there what her angel was in the corner of the room well, I, I would say to you good for you you did the right the right thing and um, i would say it was the soul of your grandfather more than the angel than an angel there but it was the guardian angel that allowed the soul of your loved one in and around her and again that was probably a message for you too and you have to remember children have little children have only come from heaven 
Of course, they all can see angels. They all can see the souls of loved ones too. You know, they're all part of the family. Mm-hmm. And and I, I, I love that. Um, many a time when I'd be giving a talk, you know, and the parents would come up with their children and I'd be given the blessing. And the parents would ask, you know, can you tell me the names of their children's guardian angel? And of course, I'd bless each child separately and I would ask the child, what's the name of your guardian angel? I wouldn't tell the child. 99.9% of the time, the children tell me the name of their guardian angel and the parents kind of go, what? But you have to remember to the child, that's personal. They don't see any reason why they have to tell anyone. Mm-hmm. And and I think that is very, very beautiful. And I just say to the parents, you know, write it down yourself so you have it. I love that. And there, there's not as much uh, seeming, seeming separation. I, I was very interested in, in reading the book that you had the opportunity and the vision to be able to see all different types of angels. It wasn't just one angel or one guardian angel. There were many different types, and that included even Archangel Michael, who was with you a lot, and uh, also Elijah. And so now that's that's a whole different realm of than also just colorful light beings that were around people. How can you explain to us if this is true, then, of course, how there are so many different types of angels? Why isn't it just one or or just maybe an image of Jesus or Mary or something like that? Why are there all these levels and types of angels? Um, I, I don't think there's actually levels. I think that's just human terms we, we put on it ourselves for us to to understand God and angels. Like I always used to say to the angels, you know, I found a question very, very hard to answer at times when sometimes somebody would ask me, well, what is an angel or, or when did angels come about? And, you know, angels were created by God long, long ago, before the beginning of time as we know it. Um, and we put, you know, angels on pedestals, but the angels have us on a higher pedestal. You know, we are more than any angel ever could be. And that was the part I used to feel embarrassed about to say because I was saying it about the angels, you know. And that is because you have that spark of light, your soul, and why angels love to be in and around you. And why you have a guardian angel as well. It's the gatekeeper of your soul. And that's the one angel that can never leave you for one second. Like Archangel Michael, any other angel, they just come and go. But your guardian angel can never, never leave you, not even for one second. And of course, I was often asked the question, do you mean even in the bathroom? And I said, yes, even in the bathroom. Even (laughs) (laughs) everywhere, all the time. My wonderful guest is Lorna Byrne. Angels in My Hair is her book. The true story of a modern day Irish mystic. It's being reinstated because she's added, um, sort of a, a final chapter that's new and it's being released currently in the UK, but also very soon for, for the rest of the planet. And, uh, she has not only angels in my hair, but she has eight books 
And she also has a children's foundation and sanctuary. So we're going to hear about that when we come back from this remarkable woman who truly sees angels and has an incredible message for those of us here in the world. I'm Laura Smith. We'll be right back. You're listening to The Way Home. Welcome back. You're listening to The Way Home with Laura Smith. Here's Laura. Oh, my goodness. This has been such a wonderful opportunity. Speaking with Lorna Byrne today, she has eight books, but the one that uh, we're discussing today, which is being uh, sort of republished with an addendum onto the end of it, is Angels in My Hair, the true story of a modern-day Irish mystic. Indeed, she is Irish, and uh, she's all sorts of wonderful things uh, beyond being a mystic. She's also a philanthropist and someone who has started a foundation, the Children's Foundation and Sanctuary uh, for for children, marginalized children. Lorna, this is a wonderful thing that you've done. Obviously, you grew up severely dyslexic and, and back in the days it's hard to imagine but you were you were basically thought of as what you said retarded that's what they called you and what it was you you aren't uh, de- uh delayed at all or or like that but you have this unbelievable ability uh to see angels and you have since you were an infant and you remember that. And so often people would take your, your constant looking around and communicating with angels silently as sort of being separated from the world and not, and, and not really in their world. And so you were, you were labeled as thus for your whole life. And that, that must have, as much as it's your gift and, and now it's changing the world and it must be the greatest thing in the world to you. It must not have been easy growing up that way. Um, no, it, it it wasn't because, you know, one thing the angels used to always say to me, they used to remind me and say, Lorna, they know no better. And over time, I started to understand what that really meant. And to me, it, it doesn't matter what anyone anyone thinks. It's, it's OK. And because of those words, the angels would use, they know no better. Mm hmm. Yeah. So and so you didn't uh, you you were loving as a child and you had good friends and you had a wonderful family. Um, I I have a question for people who are sitting there thinking, you know, that sounds great. She can see angels and a lot of people believe in them, but I don't see them. I don't hear them. I could, I can't believe in them. And yet you say everyone is born with a guardian angel. What do you say for people? Like I was thinking of my cousin, for example, um, she and her sister were driving somewhere and got in a terrible accident and everyone survived except for my one cousin. And and she was a darling girl and just a wonderful person. And, and I say, well, if she had an art guardian angel, why didn't it save her during that? And um, so how do you talk to this thing that, for people? That is a very hard question to answer because... I don't really have an answer. We don't know why it suddenly can become our time to leave, you know, to go home to heaven. And I, I know everyone's heart does be broken when when that happens. You know, we, we don't have any answers because 
you know, why why did that accident happen? Did the tire blow? Was it someone else's fault? Was it you know we could blame all kinds of of reasons. But one thing you do know is that your cousin was a very kind and loving person. And you should be cherishing that in your heart because she has affected you in that way. Um, But she has gone home to heaven now. And now she's more perfect than you ever could imagine. Mm -hmm. And, you know, she's very much alive. She's not dead. It's only the human body that has died. Um, And I know in the future, a time will come when the body and soul will intertwine. Nothing will be able to kill it, you know, in that in the way we understand today. And we won't get sick. You know, diseases will be obsolete in that in that way. It's like a mother saying, why did my child have to die? You know, why did my parent have to die? Um, And they're the words we use as human beings. But they're gone home to heaven. You know, and I know at that very moment of death for your cousin, she saw her guardian angel. Her guardian angel took hold of her soul and carried her there and loved her. And there was no tears There was no, what would you say, loss in that sense because she was perfect. She was whole and she knew where she was going. And she was with the angel that came with her before she was even conceived. Oh, I love this. And and has been with her every year. A Christian angel is your best friend. You know, it knows everything about you and it loves you unconditionally. And that love is so overwhelming. And and that's such an important part for your guardian angel to play in that sense. And it just loves you so much. And and I, I can imagine, you know, it just taking her soul at that very moment that she felt no pain, no nothing, no matter what the human body did. And and she being free. I, it's it's so hard to express because I have often watched a soul leave a human body and been taken by the guardian angel. And sometimes I've seen the guardian angel even before at that time. It's like the guardian angel getting ready to reach in. I would say reach in because we more humanly that can help us to understand to lift the soul from the human body. Um, and it's always so gentle and with so much love under any circumstances. That's so comforting. And I had I had heard that before, that the instant the what we consider that they, it might be pain and sadness that they're feeling, that is our imagination because they are before anything can even transpire for them, they are whisked away by their angel. I have heard that before, and it gives me great, great comfort. And also, I have a, a dear friend of mine is a hospice nurse, and she she talks about how so often, right at the moment of transition for the patient, they will often look up into the corner of the room or something with their eyes bright. They have Their eyes have been closed for two days or something, and all of a sudden, they will look up and 
they are absolutely connecting with something and their arms go up in the air as if to say, take me. And she sees it over and over again. And that just makes me think that that's exactly what's going on. It it is. And it's going on in in such a a gentle way. Um, We can't describe that love. That love is beyond description. You can get all the words that they say out of a dictionary or whatever um, and and you can never describe that love because it's 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 beyond imagination. Indeed it is. Lorna Byrne, Angels in My Hair, the true story of a modern day Irish mystic. I I encourage everyone to read it because I, I've been unable to really portray what when you're reading the book what Lorna's experience is in seeing the angels from the time she was a baby for her whole life and continuing to do so now, it's hard to describe because it's something that most of us have never experienced before. But to, to read her words and, and her explaining of it, it's just, it's so remarkably beautiful and it will give you so much comfort. And um I, I just know that it's healing a lot of hearts in, in the world and, People can find you now, Lorna. Do you give do you give one on one sessions with people to talk about their angels, or or no? You're just writing now and and touring. Um, no, I what I'm doing now is sometimes going on tour, and I know I will be in America in Omega in New York on the twenty first. I have the list here. I can't read it, but um, it. Of July Omega and Rhinecliff. It, it is absolutely wonderful there because I lived in New York for 40 years and everyone goes to the Omega Institute for the spiritual classes and such. Yes. And I think you're also in Boone, North Carolina. Yes. Also, I, I am. Yeah. And, yeah. and somewhere else again. So, yeah. So she is going to be here in America this year as we speak. So it, she has a very easy to find website and you can find everything there, including um, how to get her books and such. LornaBurn.com. That's her name. LornaBurn.com. And Burn is spelled the Irish way. B-Y-R-N-E. Lorna, L-O-R-N-A, Burn, B-Y-R-N-E.com. LornaBurn.com. I thank you from the bottom of my heart for this this time is such a gift and I'm hoping I'm, I'm knowing that my listeners have really taken away something beautiful today. Thank you so much, Lorna. Well, thank you. And thank you to all your listeners. And I look forward to seeing you maybe in America. I, I don't know, or maybe you will come to Ireland, whatever way it happens. We, we put it in, in your guardian angels hands from now on. Okay. Oh, I love that. Thank you so much. Thank God you. bless you. Thank you. You're listening to The Way Home with Laura Smith. Once again, here's Laura. Well, as Armed Forces Day and Memorial Day approach, the American Legion National Commander Vincent Jim Triola uh, is imploring all Americans to do something. They want He wants you to be the one uh, to stop one, and that is veteran suicide we're talking about here. I have John Router with me today. He is the Deputy Director uh, for the American legions, the media relations. John, this is just such a crucial thing. And we've heard, th- thank goodness it's coming to light and it's being more widely discussed than it used to be. But tell us all about the initiative to be the one. Well, thank you for this opportunity, Laura. 
it, the numbers are really astounding. Uh, more than 125,000 veterans have taken their lives since 9-11 of 2001. Mm. Uh, these are World War type numbers. I mean, it's uh, just uh, losing uh, more than uh, 6,000 a year. Uh, and rather than just looking at those numbers and despairing, uh, we just ask all Americans to be the one to save one, to, to reach out to that one veteran. And that's what Be the One is all about. We've encouraged uh, legionnaires and veterans to uh, uh, peer check, you know, buddy check uh, each other, uh, call, see how they're doing. It doesn't have to be some sort of formal uh, checklist, but basically uh, reach out and, and let people know that veterans, whether they um, – are married or whether they're they're close to their family they do have a family it's the american legion family and uh, it, it is okay to not be okay so so we emphasize uh we're not a uh, professional therapist uh but there is that veteran crisis line a 988 uh one for veteran uh 988 is actually for anyone in crisis but it's 988 press one for veteran uh to to get uh just the conversation going uh, on how to get help. Uh, and basically, uh, you know, there's it, a lot of veterans care about courage. Uh, it takes courage to ask for help and, and be the one is about removing the stigma. And, and we do have a website, www.bethone.org, uh, which kind of tells what we as Americans can do uh, for these veterans in crisis. Well, I, that 988 number has just really been a game changer, I think. And the extension one is perfect for be the one. John, you know, with those types of numbers, 6,000 per year, have they figured out or done any research as to why it's so high now um, as opposed to what it was in the past? I mean, are, are there any sort of underlying sort of similarities or reasons why suicide feels like an option at some point for some people? There's a number of factors, uh, post-traumatic stress. Uh, we've been, the, the war, global war on terrorism has been America's longest war by far. They used to call Vietnam the longest war, which was 15 years. Uh, we have a lot of people who are deployed, uh, troops that uh, were born after 9-11. So it's just, uh, it, it, that plays part of it. Um, the stress, the op tempo of uh, frequent deployments in the military. You don't have to have gone to Afghanistan or Iraq uh, to be impacted uh, by the uh, op tempos. Uh, transition is always difficult uh, when you're getting out of the military uh, to, to have to start a new career, uh, which, uh, you know, unemployment is an issue for veterans, especially if you were released uh, during the uh, height of the COVID epidemic. Uh, so there, there's a lot of uh, a lot of factors that play into it. Uh, it's gone up for everybody, uh, but they do know that uh, veterans are 50 percent more likely to take their own lives uh, than those who have not served in the military. Uh, so it is an issue, and the military has has gotten better at addressing it and trying to remove the stigma because it's a problem with active duty troops as well, not just those who've who've served and gotten out. Uh, so it is something that. Uh, we're raising awareness, you know, uh, through shows like and appearances like this. And then we have our own uh, IndyCar race car, uh, the Be The One car, 
that uh, is out there to raise public awareness uh, and making a difference uh, just in, in the lives of not just veterans, their families as well. Okay. And so we want to tell people then that being the one, you don't have to be a therapist or somebody who is even, you know, well-versed in understanding what's going on with veterans. For somebody to be the one in that buddy system, how, how would somebody start the conversation? What would it, what do you suggest? Sometimes it's just as simple as how are you doing, you know, and um, identify yourself as a veteran if they, you know, if they were not aware of that um, and just let them know you have that common understanding, common experiences. And if you're not a veteran, it's just it's OK to just say, hey, you know, I appreciate your military service. How are you doing? Is there anything I can do for you? Uh, maybe they have uh, maybe they're unemployed. Maybe maybe you can, you know, have some job leads for them. Uh, I think a be- great way to thank a veteran is to hire a veteran. So there, there's many things uh, to do. Um, let them know that uh, they do have that support system in their community and your community and just uh, let them know that you care. Well, the Legion is definitely always there for that. They, like you said, are a family uh, for veterans, legion.org is that. And then for the Be The One, you have your own specific website. And again, that's be the one.org. That is correct. B E T H E O N E dot O R G. Okay. Be the one.org. Coming up on Memorial Day, it is truly something to think about. Go out of your way if you can and really keep it top of mind that veterans uh, need community and and support and love. Thank you so much, John Router, for being with us today on The Way Home. Thank you for having me. You're listening to The Way Home. We'll be right back. Welcome back. You're listening to The Way Home with Laura Smith. Here's Laura. Well, it, as if it isn't enough good news that there are angels constantly around us and uh, helping us out, I think it's also fair to say that uh, people can be angels as well, and they can do that by helping others. And so every week we have good news stories, and inevitably, Jim Cleefield finds people that are angels on Earth. Tell us your good news story for the week. I guess this Marilyn mother would quantify as an angel, uh, LJ, wouldn't she? But uh, her name is Monique. Soda Marino, and she is a real estate agent, has been for 15 years in Montgomery County in Maryland, and you referenced autism at the beginning of the show, I remember that, and she has some special needs boys, but the problem is that they don't really have a space that they can gather in, and she's been really thinking about doing this for a while, so she decided to partner with school officials and business partners to open a new place called That Smoothie, That Smoothie Place is the name of the place, That Smoothie Place, and the reason she wanted to do this because she wanted to give people just specifically on the autism spectrum, but all special needs people of all abilities, all levels, not just high functioning, a chance to get some jobs or internships and a place really to gather and to have a good time and just just try it out. And I must say, it has been a tremendous success so far from what I've read about this. And basically, is you know they, they want to give this opportunity, like for families to get together. And you may not get that smoothie immediately, since you know these are uh, kids who are or people who are just trying to uh, kind of find their way. But she's added some tables for some families so they can really have some games and entertainment and just just not looking at their phones. I mean, that's kind of a unique concept in the, today's day and age, right? <laughs> I mean, for them to have a great time. But the important thing is, is to give these these people who are 
special needs a chance to really uh, really enrich their lives in some way. And it is so successful that she believes that she's going to open uh, other That Smoothie places, perhaps in other cities and other districts all over the state. I think that's a great thing what she's doing. And again, it started with her two boys, as I said, not specifically just in the autism spectrum, but again, all special needs kids, because there's been a stigma attached for many, many years. But I think that stigma is going away. And this is one way it's helping that. Oh, and they can go there with their families and have it really be a place for them to to just be themselves and and also give opportunities to others with special needs. Beautiful stuff per usual. My friend Jimmy Dean, thank you so much for the wonderful stories. And thank you, Bob Small, for engineering the show today. We always are grateful to you. You know, Jimmy's story just reminded me of something, a throwback to a previous story we had about a young man that saved a school bus because he saw that the driver was having trouble. And he That's jumped right. in and grabbed the steering wheel and the brakes, and they interviewed the other kids in Warren, Michigan, right? and asked them, well, did they see what was happening? And they did not, because they were all on their devices. And <gasps> he doesn't have one. His folks decided he shouldn't have one yet. Uh-huh. So he was able to be paying attention to what was happening around him. I didn't know that. Yes. I, I did not know that either that is an incredible addendum to the story yes. thank you for sharing that sure. and yes boy just another another example of why just limited time on our devices i think is better in the long run for everybody thank you so much to everybody and thank you to lorna Byrne with angels in my hair the wonderful book uh, for joining us today on the way home lots of love and have a great week as we head on into next week already becoming oh beginning of the summer sort of unofficially memorial day so important and we'll see you next time on the way home i'm laura smith